0: Hello, Erica.
1: Hello, Stephen.
0: We just watched two more episodes of the space pirates
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep, um, episodes what was it then?
0: Three and four three and four are the numbers of episodes that we watched Yes,
1: yeah, we well, I, since we're watching a reconstruction, I don't have the d v d menu in front of me, so I'm used to like glancing at the t v screen oh. to to see what we just watched, but it's uh. It's different.
0: Well, it, perhaps you would remember by watching the distinctive uh, opening credits as they show the uh, the titles.
1: Yes, every time I mean to mention that on the podcast, the the very first episode where uh, the title card comes up and it's a white screen with the title in black text. Mm. I thought that was very effective. like it was just it was different and it set it apart. and I just thought it was really cool.
0: I think there's a, a t-shirt in Clayton Hickman's Redbubble store that just has, it's white, a white uh-huh. t-shirt that has the Space Pirates in the font with, of course, the quotations <laughs> on it as well. And that's the, that's a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And I don't have one. And I don't know why I should own one or some sort of mm-hmm. merchandise to reflect that.
1: White t-shirts are tricky because when you're buying them from an online yeah. store, you never know how th- like thick or thin they're going to be. And as a woman... Mm-hmm. Um, If you are wearing a bra underneath, it is very obvious if if it's a white kind of like not great quality T-shirt. So I have a tendency, like as much as I would love that, I just I couldn't trust it enough to actually buy one online.
0: Maybe a pillowcase.
1: So I could sleep on the space like, Pirates. like a
0: throw pillow. I think I think that's all, another one of the options on Redbubble. I think yeah.
1: Oh, see that that I'd be fine with or a tote bag. Do they have tote bags? They
0: might have tote bags as we <laughs> give Clayton Hickman some free publicity for his shop. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean that's 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 the kind of deep deep cut thing. Well, actually, as I tweeted on our last uh, for our last episode, I think uh, I want a, a vanity license plate. That's a V. Uh-huh. Uh, was it V 41 L0? Yes. Mhm. Yep. Which uh if you like if you take leet speak and turn the 4 into an A and the 1 into an I. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, what what speak?
1: Oh, uh, leet speak. Um okay, so leet is short for elite. So uh, the word elite means very Okay, just
0: Only follow. someone who considers okay. themselves elite would shorten elite to leet. But go on.
1: Okay, so follow me through this. So elite and so L33T the letter three substituted for the letter e because it's like a backwards e. It's like a computer. I don't know if it's actually a computer hacker thing or if it's a wannabe computer hacker thing. But anyway, leet speak is a term used for internet um, nonsense where you you know have it's 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 a jargon. Oh, see, he's making the yeah. it's going over my head. Never heard
0: of this before. No.
1: Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I'm I'm pretty leet. And
0: is, it, is this like? Uh, getting an old calculator and spelling, and then turning it over and spelling like boobs, boobs on it or something.
1: Yes, it's very similar to that. Okay, mm-hmm.
0: because I could see no, it's not like that at all, is it?
1: So anyway, where I was going. Sorry,
0: B L V four one. Okay, go.
1: V four one uh, L zero. Uh, yep. So the four looks kind of like an A. Yeah. And the one looks kind of like an I. Mm-hmm. And then L is an L and a zero is a zero. So it'd be V A I. L O Vilo. So I'm thinking uh, the next time I have to create a Dungeons and Dragons character, I'm probably going to name them Vilo. So there's just like a little a little hashtag teaser for um, probably an episode of Total Party Kill sometime in the future.
0: I would be Liz 79, of course.
1: That's a great name as well. Maybe maybe I'll use that if we play uh, Gamma World again and I need to be another uh, android.
0: <laughs> That'd be fun. Or you should call Liz, um, your co-host from Verity, Liz 79 blue 79 and you just call her that from now on
1: I'm sure she'd love it cuz she sounded so excited about the space she pirates She loves the space pirates <laughs> I don't think so She should though because her name's in it I always get right? excited when like okay like the Eri- robbery, yeah. Erica has only appeared in Doctor Who as far as I know in um is it was it the pyramid at the end of the world um the Peter Harness episode and uh, an ensign has only appeared in the Mind robber. So I love those two stories <laughs> because I have an eco.
0: <laughs> so you do. I had a whole companion named after me, mm-hmm. named after me ten years before I was born.
1: Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Erica might have been named after me. I don't know.
0: It, there is more of a possibility.
1: <laughs> we we had met Peter Harness yep. before that, so yeah. maybe maybe the seed was planted. I'm I'm. That's my head canon. My real life. Sad, pathetic headcanon.
0: I don't see why you should not have that headcanon, quite frankly.
1: Mm -hmm. Why not?
0: Uh, So um, the the resolution of the exciting cliffhanger from uh, episode two is that Jamie was only stunned and Milo Clancy thought they were pirates, but they're clearly not pirates. Now they're sort of in cahoots and running around together with Milo Clancy.
1: I would just like to say... I was right. I'm going to I'm going to be a little bit proud here. And because remember I said immediately when I saw what's her name with a hairstyle helmet, I was like yeah. she's she's in charge of the pirates. She's she's not to be trusted. I trust Milo Clancy. And I was right because she's totally in in cahoots with the pi- I don't know if she's actually in charge, but as soon as I saw the model of the ship, mm-hmm. um that awesome awesome ship. Painted art? Yep. Uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, I don't trust her." And then the fact that suddenly, Cabin um, is that the name of the uh, the leader of the leader of the pirates is suddenly telling Dervish, his second command, "You got to go out there and you need to reroute all of those pieces of the beacon to Milo Clancy's home planet." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Low boss, low boss." Yes, like why why would he suddenly want to do that? Well, it's because what's her face, Madeline, mm-hmm. Madeline. Was feeding him information. Madeline had been talking to the general. The general said, oh, we're going to love us because we think it's we think it's Milo Clancy and we're going to get proof that he's in charge of the pirates because we're going to go there and we're going to find the pieces of the beacon. So, of course, she immediately feeds that information to Cavan. Cavan sends Dervish out against his... Uh, against his better judgment and forces him to refuel them, send them on their way to Lobos um, in this sort of like perfect little setup to get the general to, to catch, he thinks catch Milo Clancy red handed in the act. Uh, They're almost caught, but because, uh, because uh, Madeline had planted the seeds about the nose cover, the the stripy, (laughs) stripy green nose cover for the beta dart. They they manage to uh, get the camouflage cone on fast enough so that when they do see it, he, he calls off the uh calls off the missile strike and it's like, Oh no, this is this is a good guy's ship, so we don't need to we don't need to attack it. There's so much, you know, backstabbing and intrigue and double dealing, and I'm just I'm really enjoying this.
0: Four episodes in, it can't, it, you you are officially two thirds of the way. If this is a baseball game, even if it was a rainout from here on in, it would be a complete game. There'd be results, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm calling this a
1: win <laughs> so far. Sports metaphors, whatever. Yes, always
0: sports. Sports.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, I have, uh, and, and I the, the the more that we watch it, the more that I do think that this was an idea that Robert Holmes must have had for something else or ahead of time, just not connected with doctor who because it does seem like all of the pieces that have the doctor and jamie and zoe are they feel a little bit tacked on and they're not a huge part of the action Mm -hmm. so so i'm understanding why i think a lot of people aren't super fond of this one because you know many people are watching doctor who for the doctor and for his companions and i can't fault anybody for that Uh, i just happen to be excited enough about all of the spaceships and the intrigue and the backstabbing and all that kind of stuff that I'm not missing the Doctor and his companions when they're not on screen. I mean, I'm happy when they're there, but I'm also liking everything else.
0: It's interesting that when Eric Sayward um, becomes script editor in the 1980s and then when Colin Baker becomes uh, the Doctor, that a lot of Eric Sayward's stories... Because I don't think Sayward agreed with the casting of the of that Doctor, or in, indeed enjoyed the character, and so was more interested in writing like stories about mercenaries and Cybermen and Daleks and all that sort of thing. And so, like the Doctor is sort of like pushed aside, and you would almost think that Sayward, who was also very much a Robert Holmes admirer. Mm didn't you wouldn't have seen this story but uh, just find the parallels between Ooh, let's get robert holmes in because he is doctor who's best writer but let's only get him to do stuff like the space pirates because that's the stuff that doesn't feature the doctor that much
1: oh, it explains so much <laughs> it
0: does. Yep. all of colin baker's time on doctor who was just eric sadeword's attempt to recreate <laughs> the space pirates
1: Wow, we have solved so much on this podcast over the years. We we solved Dodo. Now we've solved. Now we've solved Eric Sayward before we've even gotten to his era. I
0: know that's so. Just think of that when we get there to the nineteen eighties. Just remember, remember this now when we're looking at all these sort of like mercenaries and stuff. Just imagine them as pirates, in space, <laughs> with quotations around them. And then they get what Sabre's going for.
1: Yeah, I realized that I forgot to put the quotation marks around the Space Pirates. <laughs> when I when I posted our first, first couple of episodes, right. I am going to go back into the CMS, the content management system, and I'm going to fix it. And I'm putting in those quotation marks. So if you downloaded an earlier version of those episodes, I abjectly apologize for the lack of quotation marks. Did,
0: have we kept a, a running count of how many stories have had uh, quotation Like the Crotons had it, I think? Yeah.
1: Well, you know what? I i have to admit, I wasn't watching super, yeah. super closely. So when I noticed, I did put it on mm. our episodes. But mm. I'm not going to say that I have uh, have definitely gotten all of them. Right. So if you are a, uh, a very persnickety listener and reader of the show notes and you notice that I missed some quotation marks where there should be some, just let me know. And if I'm not feeling lazy, maybe I'll go back and add them. Who knows? I think
0: it's the um, Invasion and the Crotons. And the space, I think that's the only three.
1: Well, I am I know that we've done it for, for those two already. So if it is only these three, then once I fix it, then we're all good. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Good. It's good that we got our show notes discussion out of the way here.
1: <laughs> this, is, this is what the listeners tune in for. This is riveting, yeah. riveting stuff. Is there uh,
0: any? I mean, these these episodes weren't boring, but they are middle episodes of a of a six part Doctor Who story. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we we talked more about. Oh yeah, yeah, you got
1: some. Oh, I do. I was just gonna say good. that uh, we, I talked about how I really like the cliffhangers, yes. and I, I did like the cliffhanger mm-hmm. for episode three yeah. when they're falling down like into who knows what. That was exciting.
0: Trash compactor on the Death Star, perhaps.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the cliffhanger for episode four was was less good. Um, I was. Saying sad that uh so soba sorba 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 um the greek <laughs> he um it, like they managed to to help him along all this way and they're dragging him along and only for him to just get shot yeah. dead uh, as the as the caption uh descriptive caption says on this loose cannon reconstruction yeah. <laughs> sorba is shot dead that's what it says <laughs> and it's, oh that's so sad and then yeah and then the cliffhanger is just i mean we don't know exactly what the cliffhanger um, would have been necessarily Dewey because it was just a close-up on him probably
0: I imagine they uh, they sort of look at the camera scripts and they okay. make these things so they, they it is not just a hey what the hell's going on here they are sort of trying to relate to what the camera would have done so yeah probably folk it's odd that the, the- cliffhanger is like you know Kevin coming in and says oh watch out Milo Clancy like it's Milo Clancy under threat less so the Doctrine's companions
1: yeah and then the freeze frame is on a guy who's already dead so there's actually yeah. there's no more ten- tension as far as that character goes because he's he's already already out of it so yeah so not the not the strongest of the cliffhangers but the rest of them were very strong so i'm not holding this against it um and i i'm just i'm still so so gosh darn smug that i like figured it out so quickly and i mean like i said i have listened to at least one or two podcasts about this story and just not remembered anything, so maybe some of it lodged in my subconscious, and that was why I. Uh, you're shaking your head.
0: No, I don't think anybody ever discusses the finer details of the space pirates. They just sort of repeat the received fan wisdom that the space pirates is terrible.
1: Well, I, I'm going to say that that's not the case for Doctor Who. The writers' room because they actually do go that's into true. the um, the scripts and stuff. I don't, I don't remember them having a very high opinion of the space pirates, which makes me kind of sad because I really. I'm really enjoying the story. There's a lot of oh wow, that smile is adorable.
0: I like it when you like Doctor Who stories. It's fun.
1: Yeah, just the just the ins and the outs, and the the fact that there's there are a lot of sort of twists to the the plot. Sort of twist might be a little bit of a strong word, um, but it all hangs together and it makes sense, and it is not twisty enough that you can't figure it out. So like you know. I was able to sort of suss out what direction we're going, and I think that's the level that you kind of want mm-hmm. as far as you know the level of complications when you're doing a children's television show, so that you know maybe the like the 12 year old kids are gonna kind of be able to be like, I'm suspicious of that lady because yeah. of this thing that she d- just did, whereas you know the the six year olds are probably gobsmacked, um, and I think that's a that's a good balance to hit.
0: Peter Davison uh, famously said once that Doctor Who should be made. You know, complicated enough to hold the children's attentions, but simple enough for the adults to figure it out, and that's kind of what, kind of what it's doing.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is this is really a happy medium in terms of in terms of the the plot and the story and the machinations that are going on um, between the characters. And again, I recognize that it leaves the Doctor and his companions out quite a bit, so I get it. But uh, but the stuff that we have with them is fun. I mean, I really would like to see this. Um, particularly this, this last episode, episode four, you know, moving, because there's some first rate bickering between like, and some, you know, side eye and shade between like the uh-huh. doctor and Zoe. And he's, you know, the doctor's filling with that um, control board to try to set up the electrocution trap mm. um, for the guards. And when they're still trapped in the, maybe that was episode three when they're, they're trapped in the room, um, in the cave right. and the doctor is trying to like figure it out and like tapping on the wall with a with a tuning fork and you know Zoe had a couple of zingers and just the back and forth was was it sounded like it was really delightful, and I would have loved to have seen the actors performing that and, and getting to actually see their facial expressions and body language as they were doing it.
0: And when Zoe was figuring out where the beacons were, using math and stuff, and, like, you know, showing up the doctor, they go, oh, oh, yeah, that's totally right, you know, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, that is that is now one of my favorite Zoe scenes. I I love it when she is is being just, like, her smugly competent self, and, you know, she's... <laughs> she knows that what she has done is correct and she is pointing it out to the doctor and he makes a question like oh but you know we went way off course And she's like oh but i've accounted for that and the the delivery that wendy padbury has with that is like she just rides that line so perfectly she's not being overly patronizing to the doctor but she's not being completely matter of fact about it like she's just smug enough to be like you know that there's nothing that he can do he can't like scold her for being uh, a, a know-it-all in this instance because she's not really she's not going that far mm-hmm. but she's just like right there so that like he knows that she's kind of needling him but not enough to uh yeah. <laughs> it's just i love it and then handing the paper yeah. to jamie at the end I naming mean, like see it's all right here
0: <laughs> i said just said gee jamie you're stupid i got this how come you did that's like at least the doctor has jamie to pick on oh. when, the, when zoe has a doctor to pick on
1: poor jamie although actually that reminds me of something back from episode two where they're knocked out um and low on oxygen in the part of the beacon and the first thing that happens is like it's always in between jamie and the doctor and the doctor wakes up and goes jamie and, like climbs over zoe to get to jamie yeah. to make sure he's okay i'm like oh my gosh you you guys otp
0: <laughs> like Zoe's literally sprawled out Like her leg up on the thing As if like to create some sort of barrier Between the Doctor and Jamie um, In her unconscious way Of trying to get in between them
1: Doesn't work Nope,
0: can never get in between the Doctor and Jamie
1: Nope, you can't You can't keep those two apart uh, Nope, not at all
0: No, love will never tear them apart <laughs> um, Anything else with these two episodes? That you can think of?
1: Um there are, I could probably find more things to say, but I just, I'm just, just along for the ride and quite enjoying it. And, uh, dear doctor, a tuning fork only makes one note, so that part was a little, <laughs> a little annoying. Yeah,
0: and like, like he's banging the fork, and of course it's just making the same tone. Mm-hmm. Even if you bang it on a different part of the mm-hmm. rock, it's gonna still, unless, unless he's banging it and hoping it reverberates off the rock to make a different tone. I don't know.
1: Maybe it's a Gallifreyan um, tuning fork, although they haven't mentioned Gallifrey yet. So um, it's a it's a super space tuning fork mm. that maybe makes different notes or something. I don't know. I feel like that's uh, we're falling down on the educational content here because we're teaching children that like the whole point of a tuning fork is that it makes one note, so you always know what that note is when you're tuning something. Um, silly doctor. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. I I do love though that, I mean, the, the bottom, you know, the bigger on the inside pockets joke was made in like the runaway bride in 2006, seven, Mm -hmm. six. Um, and like every episode that Droughton's doctor like needs something, magnets, a tuning fork. A screwdriver, like he <laughs> always has, whatever he needs. It's a running joke. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to chronicle every episode and what the Doctor actually pulls out of his pockets, mm-hmm. and how immediately, a, you know, mm-hmm. appropriate it is for the situation. I find it. I find it amusing.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody has done that. Probably. Yep. And this time he has a screwdriver that's actually just a regular old screwdriver. Yeah. It's like, oh, what happened to the Sonic? Oh yeah, we haven't had it yet, have we? Well, we no, have Fury from the Deep. That's yep. right, Fury from the Deep. So, huh? And then we had it. On, what other episode do we have it in? I don't think we have yet.
0: No, we have. We had, we had it. Did we? Yeah, at least one other story. Mm. We saw it. Okay. Um, it was doing something. It was cutting a thing. I remember him going like this, oh, right. and I can't remember what story it was from. Don't add us. We'll we remember. Ooh, the wheel in space.
1: The wheel? Oh, maybe not, because that was a different thing that he was using to burn through <clears throat> stuff. Anyway, whatever. We don't care. Don't add us. Now Steven's thinking really hard. Was it Dominators? It could have been the Dominators. I don't actually remember that well. I'm not worried about it. I'm too lazy to care. I'm just too darn lazy to care.
0: It keep me up at night.
1: You can just l- Google it. Soon, okay. So don't add us because as soon as we're done recording, Stephen's just going to Google it and he's going to find out the answer. So add us. Oh, good lord! You, you really are lazy. I
0: don't want to Google it. Add us. <laughs> okay. When it was when it was the second time the doctor used the song screwdriver fear from the deep. I can see him. I can see the scene. He's like holding his eyes because he's like burning something. Mm. And so it's a moving picture. Mm -hmm. So it's not like the Invasion Part 1 or 4. Or indeed the Space Pirates. Mm -hmm. It's not Seeds of Death. Mm -hmm. Mind Robber? Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say all the stories between Fury and (laughs) the Deep in here.
1: I I have no idea and I can't bring myself to care right now. Well... I'm, I'm too excited about the Space Pirates. I don't need to think about the Sonic Screwdriver.
0: Okay, that's fine. Maybe he'll use the Sonic Screwdriver in the last two episodes of the Space Pirates, which we'll get to at a later time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely later than this, because your poor voice is really given out. It's,
0: it's going out. It, it's mm-hmm. deteriorating like the film copies of episodes five and six of the Space Pirates somewhere in a vault in, let's say, Nigeria. So, Phil Morris, if you can find those two episodes and indeed the other three that are missing... That would be great so that the rest of the viewing public could reassess this story as you are assessing it for the first time and enjoying it.
1: Milo Clancy forever.
0: Milo Clancy. Yep. Yep. Him.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>